couple weeks ago, back to back days, my wife came in with a friend to the restaurant. And then the next day, I think it was the next day, my sister in law came in celebrating her. She got a raise, so she wanted to go to Pax. And then I called both days, and I, you know, the first day I tried to buy my wife a dessert. Paul's like, I I see your wife. Don't worry about it. You know, she's here. You know, we appreciate that. And then the next day I called, trying to pay for my sister in law, you know, dinner. And, you know, he helped me out with that. And then I said, he said, oh, you know what? We can give her the dessert as a, as a brother, that's going to be on us, right? I said, Paul, you don't have to do that. You always take care of my family. They're in all the time. You know, we need a big table. You take care of it. You know, we just drop in. And I said, you're always taking care of my family. He says, okay, it's okay. Your family too. That's right. And I realized right there. That's, that's the so way, nice. That's the way I feel like you guys are going about the business. It's like people are coming in. It's a family. Definitely. Definitely. Everyone's welcome. You come up with good energy. You're already 99% of the way there. So that's but, all I'm drawn to. That's what that's what Pax Romana really is. It's a peace pact, isn't it? At Pretty the end much, of the day, yeah. that's the translation. Roman peace, yeah. <laughs> Where the name really comes from? Google over there. Pax Romana <laughs> is Latin for um, <clears throat> the Roman peace. So it was a uh, time during the Roman Empire, you know, because I'm trying to build an empire over here, and I'm Roman partly. Um, say a time of like growth, prosperity, wealth, celebration lasted about 200 years. So maybe I'll get close to 200. I don't know. We'll see. Cool. Just, that's goals. You just yeah. keep passing it down. Right. So in what was your background though before opening this in my uh career wise? Yeah, I mean p- people go I'm just going to open up a restaurant or uh, were you yeah, already I made that decision when I was like 4 years old. It's my mom's <laughs> 4 years old. Yeah. It's my mom's most favorite cliche story. I don't really remember, but she remembers thoroughly and I never never changed. Can't, wait, tell this story. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of corny, kind of cheesy, and I love every minute of it, but, uh, it was, I, uh, four years old, roughly, my, uh, my parents brought my brother and I to Disney World. At the time, you know, we pulled up to the hotel, and, uh, we were staying at the Grand Floridian at the time, and my mom said we got out of the car, and I looked up at the hotel, and my mouth kind of just dropped open, it was like, oh, and I turned to her, and I was like, this is what I'm going to do with my life, hotels and restaurants. <laughs> and it never changed. I mean, I wanted to do other things too. Like I wanted to be an archaeologist. Like I dug holes in the backyard, of, you know, for years. But uh, it always just went back to hospitality, food and beverage, restaurants. So, so circling through growing up, were you doing this though? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I had other other jobs prior to the restaurant business. I think I started working when I was like thirteen, fourteen, and I wanted to like all I wanted to do was work. You know, so it wasn't like, oh, you have to get out of the house and go get a job. You know, you're freeloading over here. And it wasn't like that. It was just like, no. Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to sign something? Do you have to sign something? Can I go work? Let's go. So then, uh, <clears throat> what was I? I was a caddy at Ardsley for a little bit. Ardsley Country Club. Uh, then I worked at Stu Leonard's for a couple of years as a cashier. Loved it. I actually really did. It was a great company to work for. And just, it kind of exposed you to people, especially as a cashier. So now I'm kind of learning that other dynamic of it. I was young, though. I was probably, like, 16 at the time. Um, but, like, was learning more about people and personalities and how interesting the world can be, or <laughs> one way to put it. How to deal with the general yeah. public. And uh, then, yeah. With Stu Leonard's, at the end of the day, did you guys go hit the ice cream shop and get the salsa? All the time. That yeah. was, like, a thing that you did, <laughs> yeah. right? Okay. All the time. 
This is this place you can't steer away from that saucer. It's, <laughs> it's like crack. That's amazing. Yeah. I just found uh, the flying saucers in my fridge, for, uh, my freezer from Stu Leonard's. I like, ate three of them <laughs> for breakfast. <laughs> but now it's good. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, when I was 17, then I started to really get into this business. So I was at the Castle on the Hudson in Terrytown. I live in Terrytown, so uh, for four years. But my first two years, I was. Um, Back and forth from school. So I went to Johnson & Wales for hotel restaurant management. And uh, so I was there. I got my bachelor's in that. And then um, once I graduated, I went full-time at the castle. And then kind of put myself out there. That was a huge turning point in my life. I worked for a very interesting individual where well, I learned a lot from. But I'm not going to say his name because it's probably not nice. But I learned a lot more. I learned a lot more from his mistakes and probably what you shouldn't do. Taught me a lot of good things too, but I don't know. I kind of just feel like if you're in the hospitality industry, <coughs> starting off as just being a good person is probably the best way yeah. to kind of elevate yourself a little bit more. You know, depending on what you want to do, you just want to make a paycheck and take advantage of people, I guess. I don't know. Then act however that, you that want. There is some business model out there to right. people. Yeah. But yeah, so being just be a good person is probably the best way to start in this business so and then everything else kind of follows so I did that for a few more years and then uh that's long story short and then i went to a private golf club in rockland and it was ironic because when i worked at ardsley when i was 13 i hated caddying like i, I wasn't really a caddy i couldn't tell you what to do it was like oh you want this iron you want okay here take it you know i carried a bag <laughs> But I said to myself at the time, I was like, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to try. I was like, but I will never go back to a club for the rest of my life. Fast forward, what, uh, not even 10 years later, I was back in a club <laughs> and loved it and took over food and beverage there as their director and then did that for first few years. I was co-managing with a good friend who's still a good friend who's amazing in this business. We learned a lot from each other. And then uh, I think it was after two seasons, maybe... No, maybe two or three, and then I just took over completely for the last three, and then the next goal was for myself, you know, and my partners. And you, so. you were saying too along the way that you were <coughs> able to pick up on things that guys did wrong, mm -hmm. and I, I think that's true to a lot of people that are paying attention in this business. Is as you're on your journey and as you're trekking through various different ownerships and seeing various different uh, business models that you do take maybe the negatives and drop them, but take all those positives that sure. exist in these businesses. And now as you've been in seven, eight different places, you've essentially assembled an idea of a business model by taking all of those best points that all yeah, those guys did. Definitely. And nobody really does things the same way at, at the end of the day. So you were able to take a lot of these things that you saw throughout your journey and then be able to apply them to Bax Romana. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, even going back to... The maitre d' that I learned from, you know, if you really want to get, like, quick nitty-gritty of how that started with the castle. We love nitty-gritty. Yeah. I guess, I don't know about, uh, it'll, it'll touch on some of those points, I guess. But, so I was, what, 17 at the time. So my mother's back to my mom, my biggest support of my whole life. Um, my whole family is, but my mom was, she's just always there. And... Um, and I say that for a reason. So when with the castle, she's like, all right, listen, there's a job opening up the castle. Go apply. I'm like, all right, cool. So went up there, sat in this beautiful lobby, 
way above any price range I've ever seen with my own eyes because I lived in you know a little bubble of Tarrytown at the time. I was still young, you know, so I wasn't as exposed yet. So uh, beautiful property, it still is immaculate. If you haven't been, just go walk the grounds. It's incredible. Um, but she said, "All right, go for your interview." So I went, met with the restaurant manager, talked with him for a little while, and. Uh, said, all right, if we need you, we'll give you a call in a couple of days. All right, cool. So I go home, waiting, waiting. My mother, a couple of days, did they call you? No. She goes, all right, you go back. And I said, are you sure? And she goes, yeah, you go back. I said, all right. So I went a second time, met with him again, talked shorter this time, obviously. He was like, all right, if we need anything, we'll give you a call. Cool. A couple of days go by. And again, when I was like, did they call you? I said, uh, no. I was like, and she's like, all right, you go back. And I was like, are you, are you sure? I was like, you, you know, and she's like, yeah. She goes, you go back. And I, to this day, I will say those three little words. You go back, changed my entire life. And uh, so I went back a third time. And then the catering manager saw me. He's like, oh, you know, the one who, you know, learned a lot from. Uh, and he said, oh, you know, uh, seen you here a couple of times this week. Like, what's going on? I said, oh, I'm looking for a job, you know, and... Uh, He's like, I thought you worked here Right, pretty much. <laughs> you know, I'm just like hanging out in this lobby, 17 years old. All right, clean, yeah, do whatever you need. Like he said, um, he goes, well, I'm hiring a catering department. You know, would you be interested in that? He said, yeah. I was like, I'll do that. He goes, okay. He goes, how soon can you start? I said, well, you tell me. And he's like, all right, can you start tomorrow? And I said, sure. He goes, well, you need a tuxedo. You need this and that. He goes, do you have all that ready? I said, I was like, yeah. He goes, you have a you have a tuxedo right now? I said, yeah. He goes, how old are you? I said, 17. And he goes, you're 17, you have a tuxedo. And I said, I do. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to go. And he goes, all right. He goes, you start tomorrow. And he goes, make sure I can see my reflection in your shoes. I said, okay. So I went home and my mom was like, all right, so I had to go today. And I was like, oh, I got the job. I start tomorrow. She goes, that's great. I was like, yeah, but now I need a tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I told the guy I had a tuxedo. And I was like, I don't have one, but I wasn't going to pass up on it. So she's like, all right. She goes, we're going to Yonkers. Um, my grandmother, my nonna, her cousin's own San Marco tuxedo right near uh, Cross County. So we went straight there and they fitted me for a tuxedo, like quick makeshift, quick M, quick everything, and bought patent leather uh, shoes. He said he wanted to see his reflection. I walked in the next day. He's like, oh shit. He goes, really had a tuxedo? I said, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, why the hell are your shoes so shiny? I was like, you wanted to see my reflection. He goes, I was being sarcastic. He goes, you're going to kill your feet. though. Get rid of those because I don't want to see them. He goes, you look like you're the one getting married. And so I was like, all right. So then went back to regular shoes after that. Killed my feet that first day, but I dealt with it. And That's then, awesome. uh, So then fast forward four years, he was on his way out for a plethora of reasons. And I remember uh, we were standing on the loading dock of the hotel, and he was smoking a cigarette. And so I said, someone was like, you know, so-and-so again, I don't want to say his name. But uh, I was like, you know, I appreciate everything you did for me the past few years. You know, um, I'm sorry, fast forward two years, not four, because I was there for four in its entirety. So fast forward two years from getting hired. So I said, someone was like, you know, thank you for everything you taught me the past couple of years. Um, you know, I wish you well and everything, but I think I'm going to go for the catering manager's job, which was his, his job. His job. Yeah. You know, and uh, 
So he looked at me, and he gave me this look, and he flicked his cigarette, and uh, he goes, he goes, you think you'd be able to do what I do? He goes, you'll never be able to do what I do. And I was like, you know, in my head, you know, I was like 19, almost 20 at the time, you know, hot-headed Italian, probably could have had a few words to say, but I was like, you know what? I was like, that's not class. I was like, that's not what I'm striving to be. So I was like, I was like, all right, you know, I almost said his name. Uh, I was like, all right, you know, uh, you know, still wish you well, you know, appreciate everything. And I never saw him again. And so I went right to the GM, who I had a good relationship with. And I told him what I wanted to do. And he said, oh, you know, you're still a little green and everything. But, you know, he knew the way I worked. You know, I started off picking up shrimp tails off the floor, you know, after cocktail hours got done. And I said to myself, I was like, nobody's going to pick up shrimp tails off the floor better than me in the world, ever, to exist. <laughs> so I did that. And then I moved up, moved up, moved up. So then when I went for this opportunity, he, uh, I said to him, I was like, you know, you give me a chance. I was like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You know, I'll still work hard for you. You know, no harm, no foul. And so I said, all right, you know, you'll see what you can do. So then I, I did. You know, I ended up getting captain's position and then took over as the assistant manager. And then there was a full-time manager that worked like in more than just the catering. So we all worked together. But I was able to work up to that management position that I wanted. I did that for two more years. So I never heard from him again. And from what I understand, maybe he knows, maybe he doesn't. I guess it's irrelevant whether he does or not. But I did what I needed to do. And then I ended up getting employee of the year that same year. Too. <laughs> there you go. So it was nice. even more icing on that cake. You uh, can never do my job, employee of the no. year. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I was gassed up. But again, I stay humble. <laughs> yeah, I stay yeah, humble. true. But uh, it was good. I, and I loved it there. I really did. I loved the property. And then I went to the golf club. Well, it's know, also so. a good experience to have as far as opening your own business anyway is Definitely. having that catering background because I, sure. I think we all agree that there's money to be made in catering. In these oh, my God. Night, yeah, it could be night and day depending on the concept, depending on everything. Sure, so you learn the execution of it, right. the pricing, how many right. people have to serve things. So you have a leg up out the gate, which sure. many guys that open a restaurant are just like, oh, I guess we'll do catering now also because Definitely. people asked if we could get trays <laughs> uh, and not really know how to do this pricing. So now – you, you finish there, right? and what happens next? Well, that's that's pretty much going to be the longest part of that, you know, this story, the growth of it, because that's how I started. You know, and it all, again, stemmed from you go back, you know, and changed everything. Otherwise, I don't, and not that I was against going back, but, like, I was just so young and so new, like, I didn't think that was what you did. But it changed my life. So then... All of this that followed catapulted me into the golf club. It's where I was for six years. But now I took, like, the catering aspect. But, again, even at the hotel, anything that needed to be done, valet, housekeeping, bellboy, front desk, if somebody needed, like, um, somebody to fill in, I was there. But catering was my focus. So then at the golf club, now, I, you know, taking over food and beverage, um, Unbelievable learning experience. Super, super private club. Like I'm talking massive wealth and talk about influencers. These are athletes, politicians, um, finance, all walks of life. Though it's not very, it's not a specific demographic at this club like some clubs can be. Very, very diverse. And it's just actors, actresses. It's crazy, crazy. I wish I could say names, but I've signed a lot of confidentiality (laughs) agreements in my life. And uh, all awesome people. 
And it was crazy too, because now I'm thinking this amount of wealth, everyone seems to demonize the people that are in this amount of wealth. And like, I still to this day watch them on the news, getting interviewed, getting blasted by the news, everything else. And meanwhile, they're the nicest, most generous, down-to-earth people. Not all of them, but I would say 98% of them were. And like, I've literally watched them in the restaurant at the club, watch themselves on TV. And <laughs> so, you know, like, how do you feel that they are blasting? He's like, I do what I do. It's irrelevant. These guys are writing donation checks, massive ones that the media will never cover. Because <laughs> they don't that's know. That's part of the territory, though, yeah. too. But the nice thing about the, the club, now back to how it applied to my life. Now I'm seeing a membership. I'm seeing the same people every day. I'm seeing, and it was not a huge membership, maybe 210 members at the time, um, where some clubs 500 plus, you know? Um, but you see the same people over and over again every single day. And they all have their own personality. So now I made it a game, and I'm like, okay, this person, I'm going to learn everything about this guy's personality, this woman's personality, the, you know, so-and-so. And it was just such a diverse membership and diverse personalities that I said, whatever I do next, now, like, maybe I'll run into somebody that reminds me of so-and-so because of their personality, and I already have it figured out, like, how I can approach you. Not to manipulate you in a bad way, but it's just to provide you that hospitable experience that, mm -hmm. you know, you deserve if you come into anything that I, for me, for what I do. So again, it was a game. So I had six years of training, learning different personalities. That's a really interesting way to think about it, but it yeah. makes sense. So that's why, like, even today, I still, like, oh, this one reminds me of so-and-so. You know, it may not be 100%. I got you figured out a decent amount where, I just, you know, I genuinely want you to enjoy your time, mm -hmm. you know, in this case at Pax Romana, you know, and... So that's what I strive to do. So that was the biggest part of the golf club. And it was, you know, life-changing again in itself. You know, I still keep in touch with most of them. Um, and but I wasn't leaving there until it was for myself. So then that's how Pax Romana came to be. Good old way planes. Right, and I mean, that's a huge now subject to talk about in itself. Yeah. And with that being said... You said you weren't going to leave until you were ready to do it for yourself. Right. How long, mind you, you have a couple partners in this business. I do. Love them with all my heart. And yeah. you met those guys at, at what point in this um, journey? Well, one of my partners, Alfredo, I met in probably, has to be 2005 or 2006. And we... Uh, had mutuals, you know, became friends and everything, realized we had a lot in common, realized we had a love for the restaurant business. And even back then we we're like, one day, you know, we're gonna we're gonna open up a restaurant together, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, blah blah blah. And then what was it? Fast forward four, six, about mm, eleven, twelve years later, we did. So and then along with his brother Christian, so the three of us are partners and Christian's been in the game for a long time. You know, he's with Haiku and his uncle with um, is the one with his partner started Haiku, so he really learned Westchester and the business and everything in Haiku's powerhouse. You know, mm -hmm. I think they have four or five restaurants still, um, and so it was just <clears throat> excuse me uh, allergy season, I guess, but a collective um, effort. You know, one brought this, one brought that, one brought this. We all have our strengths, we all have our weaknesses. But it was like such a perfect balance of a partnership 
in the sense that where somebody was weak, the other one had a strong point that we'd what, lift each other up. What actually are those strong points that you each um, carry the torch into the business with? I'm probably more of the risk taker. You know, I'm definitely like, all right, let's just, let's do it. You know, and you need that. Right. And, you know, I'd like to think, you know, I try to go into it intelligently and rationally and do my homework on it first, but I love projects. I love new projects and I want it to be successful where sometimes my partner is a little bit more reserved, but it's good because it tones me down because sometimes I get too excited, you know, and I need to tone it down. And I kind of feel like then it's also the opposite where I try to boost that up to a little bit too. So it's a perfect balance. It's like, all right, hold on. You know, I know you're excited. I know you want to do this. Calm the hell down a second. This is what, what can make it even better. I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, I didn't think of it that way, but all right, cool. Let's do it. And you, you touch yeah. on that too. Cause the balance in the partnership is so important. It's important. And listen, we're all, we're all human. We're all human. We have our moments, but. We talked about last episode, like Mike and I, had to figure out our balance because we yeah. talked about like in the beginning we were doing <clears throat> we were doing everything together so you know one day we're like oh, I'm gonna cook today I remember you shift with you in the kitchen yeah like you run the <laughs> you run the front I'm gonna cook today and then tomorrow you do this and I'll do that and then it was it was just all over the place yeah, no. and the consistency <laughs> wasn't there and then we figured out you're better at that I'm better at this right you know right. and I'm the same way you just said I'm the, I'm always like fuck it, let's do this let's just do it yeah. and I was like whoa we don't have the money for that. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Just, yeah. <laughs> just came in with like the the social Instagram counter that he was getting hyped about putting yeah. up in the place. He was like, "Yeah, Mike's gonna kill me. I bought a second one." <laughs> Amazing. Just keep rocking. But and so that's true. You need to have that balance because not Definitely. everybody has Definitely. a strength in every single area. Some of us are well rounded, but we still sure. need to have our strengths. And I think for uh, a lot of the part, as far as pe- what people see coming into Pax Romana is you're always there in the front of the restaurant. Yeah. You're always saying hello to everybody. You're always greeting everybody. Well, that's the other side of it, too, is that I love being on the floor. Like, I love being on the people. And not that, you know, um, they don't, but they're better at back office. I can't sit at a desk. I'll lose my mind. Totally. Yeah. And uh, same. Like, I need to be out in action. I don't want to know. And listen, we do. We all do our fair share of paperwork and everything. I'd say it's the least, obviously, the least exciting part of the job, but one million percent necessary. Um, but where one of my partners would rather be a little bit more, take care of that, and he's very, very good at it, and I trust him completely, by all means, let me thrive on the floor. Like, I'm good with that. I want to be in the front. I want to greet you when you come in. You know, if you're happy, I want to hear about it. If you're not happy, I want to hear about it. That, that's another big part of um, my goal and like things that I've seen over the years is the criticism, whether it could be positive or it could be negative and how to handle that. And I feel that the business has a very stigmatized image of owners or managers and experiences that guests have had that I'm trying to change completely because and I think it's kind of scary. That could tie right back into your gamifying yeah. of this entire business mm-hmm. where you're like, this person needs this, yeah. this person needs this. Right. Everyone expects something different when they go out, which is why we have a lot of negative Yelp reviews that some <laughs> yeah. people read and yeah. they go, that's not really that bad. Well, yeah. What's this person talking right. about here? Right. My so, favorite is too salty, especially when they eat carbonara. Like carbonara <laughs> is salty. <laughs> right. You know, we're using pecorino cheese. It's not Parmigiano. Pecorino is salty compared to like right. sweeter Parmigiano or guanciale. Like that's salty, fatty pork cheek. I'm not using bacon. 
We don't even add extra salt. Yeah, it's going to be a little salty. And they say it's fat. Too salty is always it's, right. It's too fat. It's too much That's fat. the other it's part of it. It's fat. It's it, exactly. <laughs> but uh, that's always my favorite, too salty. So but. before you open Pax Romana here, because you don't just go, well, you actually might have just said, guys, let's, <laughs> let's open up this it. restaurant. <laughs> and your boys were probably. like, slow down a little bit here, Paulie, right? No, it was collective. It was collective. We probably, we restaurant hunted for probably almost a year. So you're looking for a space yeah. originally. All over Westchester. But you already kind of have to have a plan at that point, right? You have some idea of what yeah. you're going to be doing. For sure. But for sure. that, the Pax Romana, I want to say almost version one. Can we say that? Yeah. I always say this is 1A. You know, yeah. This is, right. I mean, it's always going to keep on getting better and evolve over time. But the goal. in that first uh, location that you took over, mm-hmm. it was a huge, huge corner cap. It was a big space. Yeah. It was about uh, 11,000 square feet, maybe a little bit more. <laughs> it's, it's a That's lot. Big. And I don't yeah, loved, loved what here. we did there. Yeah, I'm over here 3,700. I'm like, oh, my God, this is huge. This is <laughs> Crazy. From the outside, you don't really know what's happening inside to some extent. So the first right. time that I walked in there, I was like, eh, the street's a little quiet. Maybe it's not so busy inside. Yeah. You open up the front doors. And the moment you open it up, you start hearing people talking and chatting and you hear some music in the background. <laughs> it's an interesting round. And it's completely filled, the, yeah. in, the entire place. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah. But then you start looking around at the build-out. And you have these beautiful blue tiles on the wall yeah. with white and... You walk in, and on the left-hand side, there's this gelato flag. counter with mm-hmm. all of these colorful gelatos right there. So, like, instantly walking in, you know you can get dessert here. Oh, and you're yeah. thinking about it out the gate before you've even had an appetizer. Yeah, everyone's chose the, chosen the dessert already and before did, they even see the hostess. So you did, like, a lot of interesting things in this place, too. You had a yeah, whole light coming down on this center square rectangle counter that mm-hmm. pasta was getting made on all the time. And guys were sitting there watching the pasta be made while they were having yeah. glasses of wine. Just, like, really cool things that weren't being done. Yeah, and that was um, all part of the original plan. You know, I think a lot of it... I'm. First generation Italian on my mother's side. My mother was born there. Um, her family immigrated here, I think, 47, 48 years ago now. She was 12 years old. Uh, just gave away my mother's age, but <laughs> I don't think she'll mind. Uh, but, uh, and then my father's the all-American boy, but his roots are Italian, but American through and through. So I had a nice balance of both growing up. You know, my super American side, my super Italian side. Um, but then my partners are the same too. They're, but they're even more so, both their parents. You know, and they're brothers. My two partners are brothers. Um, both their parents born there. You know, so they were raised. I mean, they're American, but they were very, raised very Italian. But we had that commonality, um, and that was the goal with this was kind of to create a place that felt like you were at home. You know, me growing up, I remember my grandmother making sauce every August with my grandfather, three hundred plus jars that would hopefully make a year at three hundred plus jars. You know, for a family of four or five, you know, and pasta being made and cooking every single day. And my house growing up smelling like all these different foods. My two partners, the same exact thing. And, you know, we enjoyed going out to restaurants, but nothing ever felt like that same, that same vibe. You know, even when I'm at the restaurant, I don't change anything. I don't become a robot. You know, I'm exactly who I am. Even the way I answer the phone sometimes (laughs) is like, hey, what's up, bro? Yeah, what do you, no, I'm sorry, we don't take reservations, you know, but it's just very, very casual. And I kind of feel that people have been drawn to that because it's it's just genuine. I, and I love the fact that I don't have to change anything about who I am and how I act in order to relate to somebody. And I kind of feel that's translated well, you know, so far, at least 
I don't know. It's interesting business. I, I think that that's exactly why I opened yeah. with that story because I yeah. led it itself to. But you the, know, it's just like, oh, you're coming over. You're coming over my place. Yeah, right. Here's some dessert. Yeah. But going back to what you said, you know, when you walk in, it was that different vibe. It was, you know, I loved walking into my house and seeing my grandmother right there on the table making pasta, making sauce, or cooking this, my grandfather helping. So when you walked into PAX, at PAX 1 or whatever you want to call yeah, and you saw that, you walk in, you see that food, you smell those aromas, you see those you know, those Italian ladies making that pasta right there in the di- You're literally walking into my house. It's just like some cooler lighting, maybe. I don't know. You know, and a bar that at the time was 40 feet long. I don't have a 40-foot bar in my house. So that was a little bit different, you know. But it was it was home, and I still call it home. And even the ones who work with us, you're part of my family. And that could be another topic completely because everyone that works with us, you are my family. You are number one in my book above the guest above everyone you work with us you are absolutely number one and if you're still with us and a lot of them came back when we went to pax 1a which is now tvb by pax romana um they came back with us you know 17 months later and to me that's every that's my soft spot like that's my weakness you know like i i care about these people and there's not a single thing that anybody can say to me about them that negative that I would ever believe because I know who they are as people. And I will vouch to them till I'm blue in the face. I've told, you know, very, very rarely as I got in this. A couple of times I've even had to ask somebody to leave because I didn't like the way they were talking about the staff. And I'll do that all day for them. So I, th- I think that's good to have the support and have a team that that's yeah. strong together to the point where in my heart. You, you say, know. all right, you know, there's a bad apple in the in the group. We have to make sure that this yeah, group stays alive and healthy. For sure, for sure. And, you know, and again, we're all human. We all have our moments, you know, but look at this rationally. You know, let's figure out a solution that's going to benefit everyone. And I think also even my management style is um, just jump in and work together. You know, at no point I feel should you think that uh, – you're too good to do something, you know? Completely. And uh, that goes back regardless to the shrimp of the on the title. Floor. Right. I was there picking up shrimp. I know what picking up shrimp tails feels like. And these people are providing for themselves, their families, you know, their kids, everything else. Like, I want you to, to crush it, you know? So if I can help you along the way, you know, maybe make something a little bit easier for you. If you're in the weeds and I could jump in and help out, maybe make you an extra 10 bucks on that gratuity because so-and-so didn't feel neglected, you know, that 10 bucks is going to add up over time. You know, maybe you can give yourself, your kids a better life. Sure. So that's what I'm all about. And it's a good way to go about it, too, because if you're out there yeah. with working with them and doing all that, all that grunt work, they're going to work harder for you. Yeah. For sure. You know, like, they're like, no, this guy's there. As soon as like, they I'm, see you doing it, they'll be more do. apt run, to doing it themselves. Same thing. I run around busting tables, yeah. whatever. Like, I'm too good to bust a table? No. This is my first table right. I ever bust. It's like uh, Goodfellas. What, it I never dug a hole It keeps you sharp, too. You know, it does. It keeps you sharp. Absolutely. So, and then, listen, I've never once been snapped back at if I had a request to do something because they know I would do the same thing for them in a heartbeat. So it makes the whole thing. I've done one, uh, been open almost a year and eight months at the new location. I did one interview and that whole time. And it was because of a school schedule change. The waitress that needed to make the change, she's still with us, but nobody could fill in her gaps with school and everything else. So I had to hire somebody new. It was the weirdest experience. It's like, uh, it's been a while, like... 
what are your long-term goals? What are your short-term goals? <laughs> Do you like bread? You know, is this a date? Like, I don't know what's, what's going on. But you seem to have a cool personality. You're chill. You're going to fit in well here. Again, just be a good person. Everything else, fine. We were just Slow talking learn. about the interviews last episode. Yeah. Yeah. What, you want, you want me to touch on the interviews? The, 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 yeah, pro- the interview process is weird. It, it's I'm just so weird. weird. And it's as you get older, you realize ridiculous. that you're not the one getting interviewed. You're interviewing the location that you want to yeah. work for or work at. Is yeah. this a place that I could get along with right. the guys? It's almost the opposite. Exactly. Totally. You're so on point with that. Uh, we did talk to Rocco DeLeo, and he's an architect, uh, mm-hmm. a couple episodes back. And he did a lot of work for Eugene's Diner. Uh, Love he it. did some bar taco Love stuff, Eugene's. right? And a lot of the things that we spoke about in there was the way that you design a restaurant. You have these focal points and things that you look at. And, you know, we'll start here with version one at the end of the day too, because there were just so many pieces of that puzzle Mm -hmm. that really guided your eyes when you walked in. All about the visual. So Mm -hmm. in saying that you prepared this business plan before you opened this place and you knew that what you were kind of going to do, were you working with an architect? Because I know you're very hands-on also. No, um... We, I mean, you need a, actually, no, we didn't even need an architect for the original because it was already a restaurant, so it was just cosmetic. Um, but you mean more as like uh, an architect in the sense of like an interior designer. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so then we did that all ourselves. Um, and going back to like the strengths and weaknesses, um, one of my partners is absolutely brilliant when it comes to design. And his wife now equally and i'm sure he won't mind me saying this but probably even more brilliant at it <laughs> he's got him so many points yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i've learned so so much from him about everything like placement and sizing and lighting and everything it was such an eye-opener uh, but in terms of the restaurant the first one and even the new one it was all us but like they were really the driving force behind um the design I'll put it to work. Like I'll jump right in. Let's do this. But uh, yeah, they it was all done in house. And a lot of a these lot. restaurants have these which made focal it feel even more like home. You know, totally. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these restaurants have these focal points. Uh, Saltaire has mm-hmm. their oyster counter right at the bar top, so you Great could be the only there, so. you could be the only yeah. person staying at the bar, but there's still action around you, right. so you never feel lonely or empty or whatever yeah. it is. And in Pax V1 you had that little pasta counter. Right. And I, it had to be your mother behind the thing making pasta. At the original restaurant, it was my, uh, my two partners, Alfredo and Christian, their mom. Okay. And then um, another Italian woman that was making all the pasta. At first uh, I was like, this is a very nice touch. They have hired older yes. women to come in here and make <laughs> pasta. So people think they're making pasta in here. Yeah. They're making pasta in here. Though. Literally. Literally. They, they produce all the pasta that you use at the restaurant? Every single one. The that's only one that we crazy. don't make is the gluten-free. And that's purely to keep it safe. And yeah. we get it from an awesome company that only makes gluten-free. But wow. every other pasta on the menu, there's probably 12 or 13. Um, we make every single day. Jesus. And now at PAX V2, version 2, it's a new one now. Um it's still Alfredo and Chris's mom, along with now my grandmother. So Love now, it. yeah. Love it. And talk about building a family. It's like a second home at that point. Yeah. They don't stop. They don't <laughs> build them like that anymore, man. It's crazy. So, 82 and, years old. And so, like, even during dinner service, they're, like, making pasta. Yeah. And she gets mad when, like, she doesn't show up. She's like, 
listen, I'm sorry, like I couldn't make it today. This, I'm like, oh my god, I was like, you don't have to apologize for anything. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, and, and but they live for it. In that first location, it was that was the first time I s- saw this, mm-hmm. and we've talked about doing various promotions through the restaurant that tie into a place. But you started doing pasta classes. And yeah. you, you get a bottle of Give wine, right. you make some pasta, right. chef will cook it for you, you take home whatever's left over, which is cool as shit because there's nowhere yeah. that was really doing anything uh, no, in the area the extra, right? The icing on the cake for people to come in and have an experience. Sure. Because we're pivoting away from people just going and taking orders and eating something out. At this point, we want an experience. We want our money to go a little bit further. We want to have that value feel. Definitely. And you provide that. And yeah. it it's something so cool to see these little touches that get added on to restaurants. Like just you've done a couple different dinners at the spot. Like uh, the we did the Pat yeah. we did the Pat Van Winkle dinner, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you tie in a lot of the I things that, that you do. I think Justin with that. No, it was before. It was before. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that, was long, that was a while ago. That was uh, what was that? Like four or five years ago now? Oh man, that must have been at least four years ago now. That's that awesome. Was, yeah. Awesome. He was still he was still working with us at that time. I actually have a few bottles. You want to so, rehash this idea? Yes, let's okay. do it anytime. Awesome. anytime. <laughs> so in in doing these, it, it's just kind of a a thing that's very cool that you guys do is go the extra mile. Yeah. Well, I, and again, it was like that home feel, you know, where like you kind of jump in, even though I wasn't really allowed in the kitchen much growing up, because I think it was assumed that I would. Screw something up. <laughs> like not even I wasn't even allowed to wash. Di- Imagine not allowed to wash dishes because they'd probably have to rewash them. Incredible. I never had that problem. <laughs> but I was in there. <laughs> so you know, again, you now. walk in, you see that, but now you get to experience it too. And I think, but that also stemmed from like you kind of see like the way the world is going and the trends. And I feel like we live in a cool time where people want that want that additional experience, but kind of also that old world kind of down to the roots how it started like that purest way of doing things and even so like not everything we make is purely purest with the amount of pasta we make you know we have machines you know they're electric you know and certain you know half the pasta is handmade the other half you know we use an extruder just because you know to keep two italian ladies healthy and go and you know keep their hands in good condition you know for the amount of pasta you know, yeah, we have an extruder that can pump out 40 pounds an hour. You know, you find me two humans that could do the same, you know, it'll be, that'll be a miracle. But, um, you know, but again, you know, we keep it transparent. We want you to be there. We want you to experience it, even if you're just watching. But then with the classes, you get your hands dirty a little bit, you drink a little bit, you eat a little bit. 99% of the people never made pasta before in their lives and probably never will again. But it was, it's such an awesome night. And it's such an awesome experience. And you just get that little taste and that little bit of appreciation and respect for something maybe you didn't know. And again, it's just a learning process. Everything, everyone takes everything so seriously. You know, just have fun. You know, life is short. You know, make pasta, eat pasta. You want that a little extra carb right there. Don't give up carbs for Lent. You know, I know it's Lent right now. If that's, you know, your goal, don't give that up. But, uh... I want fried food myself. Yeah. I was thinking food? soda. I have a, an addiction to Diet Coke. One but, year, I gave up soda one year and never and never went back to it. Yeah, I, I wish. I How often do is. you do the uh, pasta classes? Every Monday night. Every Monday. We're booking right now. Booking until the end of May. Wow. Yeah, we put it on hold for the holidays, and it was 
Of course, when you stop something, that's when everything comes flooding in even more. Yeah. Well, everyone's home. The families yeah. are all coming from various areas. And it broke my heart. It broke, like, every time I got a message, like, oh, you're still doing classes? I'm like, damn it. I was like, <laughs> oh, we're putting on hold for the holidays just to get through the holidays because it was such a crazy month. And then once January hit, like, literally, I think it was December 30th was our first one right back at it. And then they came, oh, uh, I emailed you a while back. You know, we're starting classes again. And finally, I was like, Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> you know, we're starting the classes again. And uh, yeah, and it just kind of hit the ground running all over. We were talking well, in the last episode to DJ Ryan Vandal also about content and creating this content. Mm -hmm. And if you look up TVB by PAX here, you'll see yeah. so many people just having the time of their lives putting this pasta class or taking part in the pasta yeah, that's, class. Yeah, it's fun. And it's created a lot of free promotion at the end of the day, too, which is why Definitely. that thing spreads. Definitely. And you're getting those calls saying, families in town, are you guys doing pasta classes? Yeah, it's uh, it's something else. You know, you get people that just, you know, want to come in. Some people come in by themselves. You know, some people come as a couple. Some people come as a group. Some people want to, if it's a fully open class, like that far in advance, sometimes they book it for the whole thing. You know, the family's coming in or even if it's corporate and they want to do like a team building kind of camaraderie, you know, team exercise. We get that a lot. You know, you get all walks of life. And that was the other beautiful thing about what we did, I literally see every type of person every single day. You know, I didn't want to gear it towards something specific. It was for anybody with a good energy. Again, I emphasize good energy. And I'm just drawn to it. But, uh, yeah, so the class is really, again, it's just that little, little extra experience. And especially in an area that is growing right now. White Plains has always been kind of like a central hotspot in a sense. It's gone through its phases has its ups and its downs and its awesomeness and its super weirdness. But it's undergoing an awesome, awesome transition right now. And I'm just like thoroughly, thoroughly happy just to be a part of it. The main so. strip in White Plains for the longest time, the yeah. rent became astronomical, yeah. insane for the amount of business that was currently through right. the town. And guys were the like finding, it hard, with it. You're finding it hard to survive. Uh, yes. And then the side street that you've gone on is not really an off street at all. It's like right no. in the center of It was White the original Plains. strip. And it was yeah. the original. It was. Yeah. Yeah. East the Post Road was the original avenue in a sense. And again, it went through its changes, then it kind of flopped on Mamaronic Avenue. But now you're getting, I feel like you're starting to get more diversity, you're getting more culture, you're getting more options of things to do. You know, we're a restaurant first. You know, we have a small little bar, not you know, and nothing like the original bar. But again, like I'm an Italian restaurant. One Italian restaurant still need monster bars. Um, and again, we're a restaurant first. So we get a cool bar scene, you know, but it's very comfortable. It's very cozy. Even if you're there by yourself or just as a couple, even for whatever reason, there's nobody else in the restaurant. It never feels uncomfortable, you know, because no. you just don't feel lost. Correct. That was the one thing about the original space and things you learn as you go. If two people sat at that bar, it's like you're sitting. Uh, it's a mile long. Yeah. You know, you don't even know where you where you are. You know, it's almost like you're hearing echoes, like you're in a cave. You know, and listen, it worked when it worked, but... You learned a lot, you know, and that kind of changed the perception of what we wanted to do. And downsizing, especially to what we are now, is everything to me. You and know? so with the V1 restaurant, you were yeah. kind of an anchor point coming into the side street where people weren't really at at that right. point. And it wasn't really right. bringing people to that side street. 
And with that said, I think the rents were a little bit cheaper on the side street too at that point. Oh my god! What everyone else is doing? Incredible. Was I make not cheap but significantly cheaper for literally a three minute further walk, uh, which is insane to me. Like Mariannick Avenue will make you throw up a couple times a day. You're supposed to maybe once based on the rent. (laughs) So So now you're in one of the best positions possible as there's new skyscrapers going in across the street from you directly. That couldn't have happened at a better time. Yeah. After you signed your lease. Getting my hands dirty part of me. I just find myself sitting at the bar like a little kid in a candy store just watching these cranes and these scaffolds and everything just being built. And I love it. And so in needing to go into V2... Let's just touch on the closing of V1 mm-hmm. real quick. And in we were talking to Kyle and Sarah about various leases and issues that guys have all the time. Everyone wants to open up a restaurant because everyone's yeah. going to be successful in doing it. Yeah. And we've <laughs> learned that there's Sorry. so much shit that you just find yourself in as you're like going through this whole process. And yes. when PAX, the first one closed, everyone said, what the hell they close for? It's so, so busy all Crazy. the time. It's insane. Crazy. So in, in that, is there something maybe to tell these guys that are opening up restaurants to look at or go um, over twice and, you know, mark your, dot well, your I's and cross your T's? Definitely. Um, well, again, you know, when we started PAX version one, um, I was 28 at the time. You know, my partner, Alfredo, he's not even a year younger than me, so we're pretty much the same age. And then Chris is... Uh, I'd be, I think he was 34, 35 at the time. Um, maybe 36 at best. Um, but, again, all seasoned enough in the business to understand it. You know, we definitely put on a lot of hours combined over the years. But even then, you can't cross your T's and dot your I's enough. So, you know, there's obviously, there's always different rumors because everyone knows something more than someone else. But from the horse's mouth, you know, PAX version one closed because you know we were given a fraudulent lease on a space by a landlord that was foreclosing on a building and never disclosed that to us. And our original lawyer didn't take that extra step to even find that out because a simple title search could have easily identified that. Now, what the reason behind it was, we may never know, you know, because... We found out eight months after we opened and we were there for a year. So I think now eight months after opening, opening up this dream restaurant that we all wanted and then finding out the ultimate wrench in this entire operation and then uh, literally fighting it with every little bit of us for four months while staying open at the same time, going into holiday season I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I'm going to lose my my mind is going to explode. You know, you go through the craziest, craziest, you know, array of emotions, happiness, anxiety, stress, depression, everything, which I think is (laughs) part of the business anyway, you know, but uh, on such a different level. And this business is, is wacky in the sense that anything can happen at any given point in time. But at the time, this just seems so out of the ordinary. Listen, we all have a story. We've all been through something. Mine is not more severe or less severe or anything else. It's just this is my story, you know. And I don't look for pity or sympathy because, frankly, it doesn't really help anything. 
But now looking back and going into PAX V2, it's like, all right, now I can read Elise a little bit better. You know, now I'm going to have a lawyer who's absolutely amazing with everything that he does and is huge, you know, supporter and backbone of what we do that I trust with my life. And I still look at leases and they are, they're, it's hieroglyphics. It's impossible unless you have some law background or it's some job protection. It's those crazy. Like full, reading, full I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, sure. It looks great. Yeah. Where do I sign my name? Let's do it. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Have somebody who is a, you know, a vet in this game. Um, and restaurant and guy. And a restaurant, restaurant guy operator. that can read a lease in and out because there's always something that's going to be changed that is going to protect both parties. Definitely good to protect yourself. But obviously, landlords are going to look out for themselves more so than anyone else. Um, and they're going to word things that are going to make it to their advantage. But it's not always necessary. The lawyer's job is to create that middle ground where it works for both parties. And now after everything that happened with PAX version one, you know, you just, you look at the world a little bit different, a little bit more realistic, a little bit more in depth, a little more knowledge, and you know how to go into it. Always have a good lawyer, invest in a good lawyer. If you think it's expensive to have a great lawyer, think of how expensive it's going to be to have a bad lawyer, Uh, you know, in the long run. So is there, are you the only one that's able to do any type of Italian cuisine on that block? Is that in your police protection or no? Oh, uh, under the, this landlord. Uh, I think, no, I think it is. Um, because I know that was the case with one of the other restaurants that were there. Um, but we do have that protection. Um, in our sense, but then again, there's so many spaces there, but there's also 30, I think I read somewhere that there's probably 32 Italian restaurants in White Plains, give or take. They're all over the place though. They really are. And it's funny the way White Plains is. You can't even, like I, we're from like the Lake Street area. Yeah. We won't go past the half. So if you're on the other side of the half, as a family, <laughs> right. like don't I'm, like right where Pax is. That's like my cutoff. Right. If you're on the other side, I'm not going over. I there. think that's that's definitely changing a little bit now too. You have some other awesome restaurants that are bringing some new and different. Like I love Key Oyster House. I think that they do a great job. They did it. It's just a thing. little bit on the other Beautiful. side. Beautiful. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> just on the other side. But I think they're they're changing that view. Well, they went in as an anchor point, yeah. and they knew they were the only destination over there that people were really going to be coming to Definitely. from the main strip. So, like, you take a risk in and doing they're good something people. like that. I, I like good people. I, good people. I'm, I've I been in I've there multiple times. A few yeah. times, but yeah, and support them. So, so with the switch, right? love supporting, and, so, and that's the other thing: love supporting neighbors, good neighbors. That's always nice you know, to see. Always, there's plenty to go around, and it's only yeah. growing. Everyone can crush life. I don't understand it. Oh, I, I you can agree be with that. Throat yeah. for everything. Uh-huh. You, you for sure, stressful. You for sure can agree. For sure, can agree with that because yeah. uh, we you know, we just had the. I keep bringing it up, but I guess it's relevant because we <laughs> just had that relevant. fire. Well, I don't know if you heard about. It, we had a fire in, yes. in our restaurant. Yes, crazy. It was. It sucked. The whole block, though, on Super Bowl Sunday, like the other restaurants. I got some space in my oven. You can use that because awesome. we had all these orders to get out. That, I love that. You know, I so was, love that. It was, you have a community. We all help each other yep, out. Yeah. I think a lot of people look at that and they're like, oh, you guys are all competitors, right? I'm not competitors. Nah. Nah. It was, bro, if we're all doing good, if we're all providing right. a good service, more people more are going to come, come to the block. Yeah. You know, you're you also, know? You, everyone brings something different. You know, yeah. like not everybody that comes into PAX loves what we do. There's not a restaurant on earth that can do that. You name me one. Uh, I'll give it all up right now. But, 
you know, some people have different expectations. Maybe they don't like, maybe it's a little too much energy. You know, maybe they want that white tablecloth, fine dining, whatever else, which is amazing. But that's not who we are. My grandfather, he doesn't want to right. hear any music in the place. So you keep right. it down all the way. <laughs> so he literally wants zero music. And I could take him to your place and he'd give you a one star rating on Yelp Probably. if you could figure out how to use the I thing, don't play right? Sinatra all day either. And I love Sinatra. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's it's just different. But again, it's just creating options for people. And there are times where, you know, so uh, they'll give us uh, feedback. Um, it, maybe it wasn't their expectation. I'm going to listen. Describe to me what you're looking for. All right, cool. Go down two blocks. There's an Italian restaurant right there that you just described to the T. If you haven't tried it already, they're awesome people. Tell them we sent you. Maybe they'll buy you around. I don't know. If they don't, <laughs> go support them anyway because they're good people, and All it's right. exactly what you're looking for. And that's like the uh, so, Miracle yeah. on 34th Street, the Santa that was sending everybody to, uh, right? You know, you know I don't, know. That? I don't you remember. You saw Miracle on 34th Street? I mean, I think I've seen it. The Santa, know. like, at Macy's, <laughs> and they're like, I want Justin, this toy. You know me. You know this isn't going to happen. Well, they sit. he sits and he... He's, the, he's like the Santa at Macy's, and the, the kids are like, can I buy right. it? Well, you can't buy it here, but you can get it at this store. And then Macy's was getting mad at him, but then it turned into such positive <laughs> feedback that he was like the Santa that was giving everybody good good I advice. Gotta watch it now. So it turned into like, and then Macy's was like, yeah, let's let's tell people go other places. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, why not? Just, just wait a couple more months. Winter will be back, and it'll be all over TV. Yeah, <laughs> all right. exactly. You guys switch from the old place to the new, oh, unintentionally. Well, how much right. time, though? How much time was in between that? Um, well, we went right into court. We were in basically two, two lawsuits. One settled after 10 months. The other one just never settled because God knows why. Um, but again, irrelevant. And, but even though that court lasted 10 months, we signed a lease on PAX version two, three months after we closed. Signed it three months after, um, Went into construction once we got the permits, built it for another 14 months. So we were closed between both restaurants for 17 months total. And That's a long time. It's, yeah. It's so still long. with all the outstanding debt of everything we invested in version one. I was going to say, what do you do with all the equipment during that time period and everything that you've, <laughs> you. Uh, we joke, you know, because again, you have to make light of the situation. So what I called it was Three Shems Moving and Storage Company. So the three of us, with the help of, you know, our closest, uh, lived in a U-Haul for about a week or so. And took us six months to put it all together and six days to take it all out. Packed our houses, our neighbors' houses. Our houses literally look like junkyards. Wow. Like, if you went to my house, you walked in the backyard, you'll see three bay sinks and, you know... All these different types of equipment, pizza ovens, stoves and garages, <laughs> wow. you know, chairs, tables, glassware. You never realize how much how you much have. Yep. My God. That's what we have Filled right now. four houses. Four houses. And still, you know, we still have <laughs> good neighbors <laughs> a few years <laughs> later, you know, help us out. But, um, yeah, so 17 months in its entirety. And, again, the, today's day and age, power of social media you know, how information travels instantly with everything. I was like, all right, you know, I'm not going out this way. If I fail, I fail. I'm not afraid to fail. I don't, I couldn't, not that I couldn't care less. Obviously, I don't want to fail. Listen, if I fail, God forbid something happens, I'll go do something else. Spoken like a true risk taker. You, you yeah, know. right. You know, which again is probably, I'm probably too well, laid back about it. You, but you, you go back, right? 
Yeah, you go. That's right. Stop. He's like, send a chill at me. You go back. But I, I wasn't going to go out that way. So I'm like, we're coming back with a vengeance. And I'm using social media as a platform to keep everyone in the loop for every little step that I remember seeing your like progress post yeah countdown till you this is our signature again. on a new lease yep. you know this is the space keys I remember seeing that one yep. key yeah demoing walls you know <laughs> ripping down ceilings ripping up floors because we took a space that wasn't a restaurant it was a wine shop yeah an awesome one too but uh and they're still there on the app it's uh now Lavino but it was Vino 100 this was their former space I actually looked at your space with a buddy. Oh, get out. Before you took that space. Oh, sure. And I said to him, how high do you think the ceilings are above that? The front is almost 20 feet. Paint, I mean, paint yeah. the, the V2 picture for people that are abroad and not really in our area to be um, able to check you out. Well, so now we went from 11,000 square foot restaurant, two floors, massive everything, which now in hindsight, I really don't miss at all. <laughs> so overrated. Monster restaurants are so <laughs> overrated. Um, to the smaller space that... Maybe its entirety is just under 4,000 between two floors, which I love every second of it. Um, Long, narrow, it's what's called railroad-style restaurant, so there's literally just one straight walkthrough. You know, you walk in, um, you walk up a little ramp that's um, um, blocked off, you know, it just goes parallel to the bar. You know, but it's separated from the bar, so it's not like you're walking right into one. It's a banister in between. Yeah, banister, right. Curtains. Um, to bar, to the pot. Uh, this is on the right hand side. Bar, pasta bar, open kitchen, down the back, out the back door, and all seating on the left. And then yes, and all the seating is on the left, with the exception of that bar of the pasta bar, which we use for dining at night. And then there's one high top table in the back that is on the right hand side. Otherwise, everything else is on the left. And a really beautiful yeah. front door. Yes, story I love that door. Cost <laughs> me hundred dollars out of uh, estate sale, but I put some TLC on it and made it our own. Beautiful, solid oak too. But uh, yeah, I do. I love that door. Let's just let's just <laughs> let's just pull talk my about... heartstrings, man. Now I'm getting all flashbacks of the construction, and everything. I was gonna say, let's just talk about the door and get it out of the way, because yeah. you're a guy that definitely does some things for himself. You're not out yeah. here necessarily just seeking help or crying, I don't no. know how to do this. You're going to take the liberty know. of figuring it out. So you find this beautiful door. Yeah. And when you got it, it wasn't as beautiful. No, it was, it was not. I mean, the, the bones were there. Yeah, it was there. You saw the potato. You saw, you saw the history of the door. You saw the life of the door. And you saw what it could be for you. And I don't want to sound so cliche and so sappy about it, but doors to me are very symbolic. You know, and I didn't want to just buy a door, you know, and that's it. Like, this was ours. And that door represents everything. That door represents a gateway for anybody to walk in and feel like they're appreciated, that they're welcome. Um, And that's from the heart. You know, that's genuine. Like, you can't teach that. And that's just who you are as a person. So that door means everything to me in the sense that, I just want to create an escape for everybody that just wants to escape a little bit, you know, and just feel like they're acknowledged. Like all walks of life, doesn't matter to me. It could be white, it could be black, it could be Asian, anything. It doesn't matter. All backgrounds, uh, sexual orientations, um, 
religions, it's irrelevant to me. If you are a good person, uh, you're welcome in my house. What, what color is that front door that makes it stand out so much <laughs> on the Ave? That's, uh, what, that's what nobody knows. On it the does. It here. sticks out a little bit. Um, it definitely has like that. Uh, I don't know what, how to even describe that color. Like a tannish, but then all the molding that's on it is white and blue. Interesting. And it's, yeah, the contrast between the door itself and the moldings and like the trim, rather, that's on that door. It's such a high contrast that it's impossible not to see if you're driving by and the kind of like, what the hell is, what the hell is going on here? You I've know? seen the door 150 times. Yeah. Every time I drive by, I still stare at the door. It's like a magnet. It's weird, right? Eyes. I know. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it's thing. Be weird. Embrace so, the weird. So you... Get rid of all this overhead of having a huge corner space. Yeah. Go into something that's that was the only plus. Well over or well, well no, under. Not the only plus. It seemed like the only plus at the time. Seemed like the only plus at the time. But yeah, like we're going to now so bad. being in a, a smaller space like this too. You're able to right. do so much more. It feels warmer. Yes, it so feels cozy. That's the other thing you kind of well. In this case, we learned. Or I learned. Um, Going from like the massive space to the smaller space again, it depends on what you want to do. You know, I want to be, I want to create an experience. Like I want to be part of your experience if you want me to be. You know, if you just want to come in and come out, do your own thing, fly by the seat of your pants, rock with it. I'm cool with that. But if you want me to be part of the experience, I can do that now. I could do that at PAX version one, but if there's so many moving parts and so many things going on that so many things kind of get left in the shadows that I look back on. I'm like, you know, damn, I wish I like, I could have done a little bit more. I just, with the size of the space and everything going on, you kind of, you can't get to everything. This one, like I said, it's railroad style. I could walk straight through and stop at every single table and see everything going on at any given point in time and put an attention towards it. You know, so it's almost like very minimal what slips through the cracks here. Um, and it's just, it becomes easier to manage. We had a private party room at the old restaurant, which was great. You know, we did a lot of parties down there. I think in the year we did almost 200. Jeez. I loved it, but I don't miss it at all, man. At all. Like, well, I, it took me away from everything I wanted to do. You know, like I wanted to be on the floor. Like I don't want to just watch parties. Like I said, we did so many that it took me away from like what I felt like I really, really loved, even though I did enjoy it. But... I don't miss it, you know, and now in hindsight, looking at everything that happened, the ups, the downs, and a lot of downs with version one, um, in the sense of the landlord and the lease and everything else, you know, maybe it turned out to be a blessing in disguise, you know, because we've got a solid year out of it, set a foundation for everything that I do next, and, you know, it was able to, maybe to, it was a blessing in disguise, you know, now, because I took that foundation, took that following i guess in a sense kept everybody in the loop so then when we reopened it was just like right back to the races you know and that much more now because word spread quick it was crazy even again with the power of social media put out a video about everything that was going on and facebook told me that in 36 hours it reached over 40,000 people wow. we were getting floods of messages and is that the one in the office yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember, I remember that. I was, that was the first video I saw. Yeah, it was. But again, we. I'm all about transparency. I want people to be a part of what we do, see everything we do. That's why even at the restaurant, everything's open. You can watch. You can see anything. Even if you go downstairs to the private dining room, all the 
prep rooms and the storage rooms all have glass windows. You can see into every little pit of this yeah, place. He was telling me about that. That yeah. sounds really cool. That, but uh, to, to really speak to your personality, though, of like getting really, really excited about things. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget coming in to eat, sitting at the table, and you go, we're working on this secret private dining room downstairs. <laughs> and I go, what? He goes, he goes yeah, you want to see it? <laughs> and we go down, and how do you describe going down, Just? It was like, uh, what I say, from like Goodfellas, right? And you walk through the, the guy walks through the back of the kitchen, and you walk through the kitchen, you see everything going on, and okay, go through this door, here's your table right here. So, so when you go down the stairs here, you're walking through this little alleyway uh, underneath the main floor, which is underground level, and you walk by the kitchen, and it has this beautiful glass, so you can yeah. see what's happening in the kitchen too as you walk towards this little private dining room area. <laughs> Super clean, by but the so like, nice. Oh. So I walk Sorry, into this this area as he's you telling me he's so hyped about that. it, and I yeah. look around and it's just concrete everywhere. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's not Terrifying. one thing set up. He's Terrifying. like, this is where this is going to go. This is where this is going to go. This is where this is going to go. Houses, that's exactly what this space looked like. <laughs> it, I feel like if you showed anybody else, they wouldn't prior, be able to see prior. the vision of like what was going yeah. to happen. Why did you yeah. take me here? And you know what's funny about that too? And again, with getting excited and jumping into things. That room wasn't open since day one. Obviously, you know that, but for anyone listening, that room just opened a couple months ago with building it out and everything else going on, blah, blah, blah. So leading up to it, you know, one of my partners indirectly was like, you know, we're going to open the room eventually, but, you know, we got to make sure that, you know, we keep it, you know, private, you know, let's not like jump into it, start bringing people downstairs and everything because there's still work going on down here and everything. And I looked at him, I was like, Chris, I was like, you can literally just turn to me and say, Paul, don't bring people down here, you know, and give away everything. And he, you know, he started laughing back. He goes, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm saying. But again, more reserved and the more like uh, aggressive, I yeah. guess, in a sense. How do you book but, an event down there for people that want to actually take a look at this thing or put something together downstairs? And how many people uh, can it hold? The private room holds up to 18 people, family style only. Because it's a little bit of a distance to run a la carte with the staff from the kitchen upstairs, downstairs, like that. Um, different packages depending on the day. But uh, shoot me an email. Better than the phone. Email will go to me wherever I am. And we'll, we'll put all that in the show notes. Phone, I don't have a voicemail for a reason. So I think I start talking a little bit about food now. Yeah, man. Let's do it. They because told me um, you make this really awesome chicken parm. And I've eaten a lot of chicken parm. <laughs> Justin swears, by, Justin chicken swears parm. by this chicken parm. <laughs> what can you tell me about it? Uh, well, that was another menu change from the original restaurant to this one was the original restaurant was super Italian. Okay. Very, very Italian. Everything. You know, chicken parm. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love chicken parm. I can eat chicken parm every day of my life yeah. and I'll be happy. But that that's it's not. It's not really authentic. It's not. Yeah. That's. American Italian. That's Absolutely. the Bronx. The yeah. Bronx. If you go to Italy, you may be able to find it because <laughs> tourism created it over there. Yeah. The only parm that's true to Italy is eggplant. Okay. You know, as far as I know. But chicken parm doesn't exist over there like that. Not originated, at least. But the chicken parm, you know, it's not a revolutionary dish for an Italian restaurant to carry. Yeah, but, you know, you throw know. your own little spin. Yeah. Use quality ingredients. I'm all about, you know, make that take fresh chicken breast thin. Get that bread, you know, get that pounded out thin, uh, egg wash, seasoned breadcrumbs, deep fry it, to, you know, fresh tomato sauce quality, uh, you know, tomatoes. We use San Marzano, DOP tomatoes. Very nice. Um, for, you know, the um, 
slightly dehydrated mozzarella slices, melt it right in, a little bit Parmigiano, Pecorino, blend over the top. It's literally as simple as that. <laughs> it's just using like the right ingredients and the right balance of all of this them. This man, day in and day out, he's like, oh man, the chicken parm are packed. God, it's the best chicken parm. Did you tell him about the review? No. The Yelp that no. we did? But I'm just, I'm just thinking in my head now that I'm realizing it's fried. Yeah. And I can't oh, eat it. Oh, you can't eat it. Oh, you're kidding me. The you just killed his month. You just killed his month. I killed I can't eat it until Lens is over. Can you do it like on certain days or something? I mean, I can eat other stuff. <laughs> like after midnight? I don't know. I'll send it over to the house. Yeah. <laughs> one, of our, one of our earlier episodes, we had a, um, a Yelp review that was talking about chicken parm. And it was at, it was at PAX, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and he so. just stood up so hard and blasted this woman. He's like, you must be from Texas. You don't know a real good chicken parm. Pax does it right. Oh, my <laughs> God. Did I miss this review? I don't know. I don't know. She wasn't thrilled with the chicken parm, but, she thrilled, but we oh picked God. it out because her response of what was wrong with the chicken parm made no sense. <laughs> she said, and we she said it was happy. too much food. It was too big of a piece of chicken over too much pasta with too much sauce. I was like, those sound like wonderful problems. Gifts from the gods <laughs> and you have a problem oh with my this? God, I must have missed this one. I gotta check it. <laughs> you, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> well, I, I think we could, yeah, I mean, we, we could talk to, to you for hours on end about things, but yeah, we gotta. where, where can people find the website? Where can, uh, well, completely happy with the website at the moment. I kind of want to change it up. So I'm not going to direct anyone there. Send them to the Instagram. Yeah, Instagram yeah, go to social media all day. Um, and you know, we try to respond to everyone as quick as possible. Shoot us an email, a call. Everything can be found through the social media. So Hold on, hold on. Before we go, though, we didn't talk about the most addictive substance on the planet. Oh, no. You're talking about that. Which the one? other thing you told me about? The other, the other thing. He says you have this um, frozen coffee dessert. Oh, yeah. Crema he cafe, said, crema de cafe, cafe, crema, whatever people want to call it. But I He said he would cafe. show up just for that. Yeah, we've created like a cult with it. People <laughs> literally get pissed when it's not ready. It's like the McFlurry machine at McDonald's. <laughs> where not that it's never working, but when it's not working, people freak. And again, so <laughs> it's a frozen espresso drink that we I make almost every single day. Like I tweaked it to make it my own recipe. Um, cause I just didn't think the original recipe made too much sense. Very nice. Um, so it's my own, but, uh, I also thoroughly clean the entire machine in between every batch, you which have. technically you don't have to, but I'm crazy OCD with organization, cleanliness and things just always in their place. Um, that I clean it thoroughly. So then of course you get the Murphy's law. People come in. Oh, is the crema, you know, crema cafe on? I was like, no, it's cleaning right now. And they're like, this is ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my God. Like, You're snapping. I mean, I'm like, you know, I'm doing this for you. She's like, I'm four doors down here, here. I'm like, okay, listen, go back there. When it's done cleaning, I'll make a new batch. I'll bring it down to you. Don't worry about it. Stop yelling at me. But yeah. So, so I got to come back for one of those for sure. Yeah. Down please do. Please do. You guys are always welcome there. Anytime you want. Well, thanks for coming through. Appreciate uh, you look at the show me. notes awesome. at the bottom. That's where you're going to find all the contact information where you can find more on Pax Romana. Talk about making it all the way through. Are you following the Instagram account yet? It's at Waiting on Fries Podcast. You can find video and photos of our expeditions in all things industry.